I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and this is The Last Best Thing. It's an interview show centered around one question. What is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? I ask this question because people love sharing whatever they're enthusiastic about, and I love hearing about it. In today's show, I'm joined by Liz. Hi, my name is Liz. Now, Liz has been on this show before. Um, I I really enjoyed our first conversation and I really enjoyed this one too. She is a pop culture connoisseur. She knows all of the best slash worst reality TV memes, tropes, and everything out there. Um, she's also into wrestling. She's a podcaster herself. Um, she has a couple of podcasts. One is called A Basics Guide to Women's Wrestling, and the other is called Montaña Brujas. So you should check both of those out. But on today's conversation, Liz spoke with me about the last best book she's read. And the last best thing I read was I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are by Rachel Bloom. And from there, we go into all sorts of stuff like musicals, millennials writing memoirs, inner childs, uh, jokes that don't land, and everything. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you do too. So yeah, sit back and enjoy our conversation. So Liz, I want to be where the normal people are. First of all, the title just, just it has me right away because that is a feeling <laughs> that I understand very well. So tell me a little bit about the book. How um, how did you come across it or what did you like about it? All that good stuff. Okay. So, well, Rachel Bloom, she created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. So I've been obsessed with her forever. She's like a celebrity that I probably shouldn't meet in person because I'd give her the creeps. And like this book is about her being creepy, basically. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I think a lot of people our age can relate to this especially this book, because it's very um, like references that we got when we were in middle school. And that like she talks a lot about it's a memoir, really. Okay. And she you knows she talks about her like embarrassing stories in middle school, in high school, in college. Um, she went to NYU. Okay. And even there she was because, th- you know, she's thinking like here, I'll finally be able to fit in <laughs> amongst the theater kids. And then she found out that like if you're a theater kid in NYU, it's like even worse. <laughs> so, you know, she's like always trying to find her place. Like she never feels like she fits in. And then like all the weird quirks about her, like I could definitely relate to them just from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the show. Mm. And then when I read the book, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like did we have almost the same like experiences? But then there's like one part of the book where it's like, I don't know if I should give spoilers or anything, but um, there's like a really gross part of the book. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I didn't do that. (laughs) It involves poop. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is that? What is like the fancy she gets term like for that? Di- <laughs> what, Scat- what do you mean? Scatis, scatological humor or something. I think that's the fancy <laughs> term for poop humor. <laughs> well, that's what. That's also why I like Rachel Bloom so much. You know, mm. she makes it a point to say how like she doesn't ever feel like a grown up or an adult, and um, she always keeps like that inner child like Mm. alive and well. And that's, you know, she talks about her mental health journey too. So she's like wanting to um, like just show that how she got help um, and how she like nourishes that inner child. And so it's cool because she's like living the dream where she's, now she's going to create the Broadway show, like adaptation of The Nanny. (laughs) 
Oh, cool. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, and she talks about the nanny in this book, too. Nice. And, like, how she, like, grew up on it. And um, I was actually listening to the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend soundtrack with commentary. Mm. And the main theme um, is, like, a storytelling type of sitcom theme song the way the nanny is yeah <laughs> so like I, i've just like been in a rachel bloom bubble the last couple of weeks but i actually finished this book um while we were flying back from california mm. so basically just in the airport i was reading it and it's funny because she's like this isn't a beach read <laughs> i was like but it is like if you're in the waiting area of a southwest flight <laughs> there you go <laughs> So I was, uh, I kind of wanted to do a little side note on The Nanny. You know, <laughs> I only ever watched The Nanny in Spanish. What? So I thought the Fran Drescher voice was a, like, a bad dub. You know what I'm saying? Like so a, is, like, the Spanish version, like, pretty spot on yeah, with her impression? Yeah, it would go like, <laughs> meh, meh, meh. It would also, like, she would also speak like that. And I remember thinking, like, that is... That's a weird choice. <laughs> and then when I, I think she came out in um, Jack. Remember that the Robin Williams movie? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think that's the first time I saw her in English. And she had sort of a normal yeah. voice, but you still yeah, hear you that like. you still hear that nasally thing. And I was like, oh, snap, it's really her voice. But yeah, uh, my favorite. Uh, well, there's like a good moment where she eats wasabi by mistake <laughs> and it like clears everything now she her voice is super deep yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she's like whoa she's like i feel so like i basically like cleared out and she's like okay it's back like <laughs> <laughs> so in the book does rachel uh go into um at all like her the process of getting crazy ex-girlfriend made yeah and it was really like it's cool because it was a really long process yeah. and she's talked about it before too where showtime picked it up so it was a lot raunchier okay um and then it was like right around the time well first showtime ordered the pilot and then they were like gonna get ready to make the show and then they just canceled it oh. so they were just they were just trying to sell the show anywhere and then they decided to go with the cw uh, because yeah. like Jane the Virgin was picked up. So they're like, well, if they have this show, like we could probably take our show over there. And they had to do like a lot of edits um, and the funding part. And then if you listen to her commentary um, albums too, she talks about it in the book, but how they always had to get um, past standards. Because <laughs> mm. any any jokes that they would do, they're like, yeah, you can't, you can't make that joke. <laughs> they're like, like, I think there was like a joke about balls. And they're like, you can't make that joke. And she's like, well, what if I'm holding a pair of balls <laughs> on screen? And that's what I'm talking about. And so, um, you know, she talks about how it was years in the making mm. and it took forever for them to finally get the show in production. And this was like right <laughs> when it got canceled on Showtime. Mm. She It was right before she was getting married and she had just bought like a $10,000 wedding dress. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got that Showtime money, but um, it didn't end up panning out. So, like, it, it's cool to see, like, her experience. It wasn't just, you know, straight shot to success. Mm. Um, but she was sort of discovered for all of her internet videos. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen any of those. I think I remember one with uh, Ray Bradbury. Is that? that that's, that's, her, that's her, like, viral video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> how I came across Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was, I think I was just like 
channel surfing or whatever it's called yeah. where you're just switching through and it was like a musical segment which is yes <laughs> you know a big part of the show and i'm a, I, I like musicals like it's there's something about them that i really enjoy so i remember watching that but being like wait this isn't like glee you know what i'm nope, saying no nope, it's, it's not covers <laughs> yeah it's 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 cool but it's strange so and then I was like, I think I remember that girl from something. And yeah, it was that Ray Bradbury video. <laughs> um, and the cool thing uh, is, well, to like sell the show a lot more. Um, the, I think it's the writer of Devil Wears Prada. Um, let me see. I, I think it's her name is Aline. Oh, Aline Brosh McKenna. Um, so she co-created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, and then the there it, yeah it the is. guy who sings, he passed away unfortunately. Um, oh, it's a song. He's like he was like a big '90s uh, songwriter, mm. and he co-wrote all the music too with with Rachel Bloom. Cool. So like it's a really well-made show, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. getting to hear her, or read her, um, just like recounting her experiences was really cool because like made me want to go back and watch the seasons again. But <laughs> yeah. Is I don't think there's a I guess the death of the musical TV show is kind of I don't, I don't even think if it really existed <laughs> as a genre before other than right. movies but yeah this this really does that um it like captures that how are you into musicals generally or oh, is there something special about this yeah no I'm like obsessed <laughs> <laughs> and actually we were uh they recently did Annie live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I was joking about how much I loved Annie. And I was like, that doesn't even crack my top 10. <laughs> like, I was just kidding. It's like, I, I'm not, I, but I watched all the Annies. Like, yeah. I've seen every, like, adaptation of it. Um, oh. That's why, like, I feel like I owe it to musicals to just, like, watch every single one. <laughs> yeah, NBC does those live musicals at least once a year, right? It was, I yeah. remember Grease with Vanessa Hudgens as Rizzo. That's the only thing yeah, I Yeah, that's right. That was a big old, like, story behind that, too, because Vanessa Hudgens' dad had passed away the night before. Oh, wow. And she still went out and performed. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, and then I remember the Peter Pan with, um, uh. what's her name? <laughs> Uh, Brian Jennings' daughter, is that her? Allison Allison Williams. Yeah, yeah, Allison Williams. Williams. Brian Williams, yeah. Yes, Brian Williams. And I remember the I I Got a Crow song. She (laughs) almost broke. She almost broke. Like she she was holding in her laughter. And I was like, yes, this is how I know it's live. (laughs) I used to own the VHS of the original Peter Pan (laughs) on TV. (laughs) Yes. And um, yeah, like Rogers and Hammerstein. I had like if I had if they had a VHS of any musical, I would tell my mom to get it for me. Oh wow. And I still haven't seen the cats movie. But really? I used to the I used one? to have yeah, but I did have the Cats VHS Broadway. Uh, Broadway performance. <laughs> I saw the Cats movie alone oh, in a nearly no. empty theater. Oh no! <laughs> and it felt like I was there for about five hours. It was never ending. It was like <laughs> I felt like one of those things where I was gonna walk out and the world was gonna be post apocalyptic or something <laughs> like that because it, I really felt like it went on, it dragged on forever, and it was so strange. <laughs> and I was like, did something fall in the soda that I'm poisoned or something like that? Because <laughs> it was a very strange experience. So I, I don't recommend you watch that one. Oh yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not missing much of the original. Don't let it stain the image of the original. Yeah. I was 
because I, I have my favorite uh, numbers from that stupid musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it was a weird experience. But yeah. um, did you ever? Because well, a little behind the curtain here, because we went yeah. to the same high school, but yeah. I don't. Were you in any of the theatrical productions in our high school? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah, and I kind of wish I had done it. Yeah, but again, I was like, that was also the time I stopped watching wrestling because mm. I thought I was too cool, <laughs> and I also didn't try out for any theater productions because I thought I was too cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I did do like outs, um, like outside of school. I okay. did like a. Uh, I did Grease, <laughs> nice. Um, West Side Story and oh, stuff. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, I never got into it in high school. And and that's the other thing Rachel Bloom did. Mm. And that's where I was like, oh, I wish I had like just done it. I <laughs> that, wish I just yeah. done it. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, our high school, I don't think had any musicals ever. They just had plays. Right. But I always, I have that itch too of like, I I feel like I could be in a musical. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about breaking into song and dance that seems very, um, I don't know if whimsical is the right word, but it just, it's just like, <laughs> it's something that I kind of want to be involved in because it doesn't it's happen so in the It's so much world, fun. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, have you watched The Producers? No. With, oh my gosh. The, you have uh, not seen? Okay. So that's my favorite musical. Okay. Um, so it's I Mel know Brooks. what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I was going to say you could do a very good Bialy stock. <laughs> I'm going to write yeah. that down to see if I should be offended <laughs> later on. <laughs> well, it's no like Officer Crumpkey. <laughs> uh, I'm going to write that one down too. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I did look up Adam Schlesinger. He's the one that helped write a lot of the music in Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Okay. And he, he actually did. Uh, that song from that thing you do, <laughs> that oh. thing you do. <laughs> Not well. That I thought that song was real. So he's a really good song. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a real song, but I thought it was like a non-movie band song. Like I thought it was just like a straight-up song. Yeah, I he was. It was for the movie. I think he did Stacy's mom. Really, I can't remember what the the '90s ones that he was. But like I I had heard of him, uh, but it was probably more because of that thing you do. Mm. <laughs> The I think it's a directorial debut of Tom Hanks. I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then he wrote and produced three songs for music and lyrics. Have you seen that movie? I want to say yes. It's with Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant. Mm, okay. No, I, I was thinking okay. of Jack Black and Drew Barrymore. Is that another movie? Jack Black and Drew Barrymore. I don't know if I've seen. I don't. Mm. I think that's another one. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I've seen yeah. this cover. The Holiday Jack Black is a, like a score writer. Yeah. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of The Holiday. That's Renee Zellweger, <laughs> not Hol Drew okay. Barrymore. <laughs> oh, no. That's Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but music and lyrics. Okay. Music and lyrics has the best like made for movie pop songs. Okay. So Hugh Grant does a performance and it's all like 80s, um, <laughs> like uh, uh, it's a very a la Wham, George Michael. Okay. Um, and so they, you should watch that one, actually. You might like that one. It's a rom-com, but um, I, I would watch it for the music. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm I in. I'll, I like <laughs> a good uh, made-for-movie song that transcends the movie. <laughs> and like, 
my favorite thing about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and like the producers and like Book of Mormon is you have like really well-produced music songs, but they're still going to be more like they're very mature. Like they're yeah. even if they do have I don't know what your term was, but pu- poop humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scatological humor. I th- there I think, you go. I, I think it's a fancy term. <laughs> and, you know, the only reason I learned that word was because they mentioned it in the movie Amadeus, the Mozart movie, because he's also oh. into poop jokes. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, been a while since I've seen that movie, but that one's classic like that too. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing, in, in the book, you mentioned that She goes a lot into mental health and links that into her inner child. So I think one of the things that's interesting about aging, at least, is that right now it's all the people that are around our age that are kind of writing stuff or producing shows and stuff like that. So we're having all of these types of things put out there that weren't before. Like, I don't I can't think of of a memoir, at least before really going into their mental health journey. Right. Right. So I I think that do you find that that was do you see that coming from someone that's like not our age or do you distinctly notice that with her and with other people of like our generation? I do think it's mostly our generation and I think it's people not like being afraid to actually speak up now Mm. um, and ask for help, but also share with other people. (laughs) Like I, I know there's been like I don't know if it's SNL, but there's been like sketch sketches where they're like oh yeah like i'm on this medication like prozac and oh you should try have you tried wellbutrin and it's like <laughs> and uh, rachel bloom also has a song about um and, and it's in crazy ex-girlfriend where you know she writes a song about her diagnosis like getting a diagnosis oh, wow. and then talking about the types of medicines that she's gonna be on um and that one's like a jazzy little number too and so (laughs) she talks about it in the book where um yeah like it's she she never expected to make those types of uh stories let alone those types of songs because if you go back into her um like her repertoire it's just like it's what is it the f me ray bradbury (laughs) and um (laughs) Uh, she has one called Die When I'm Young, um, where there's an aborted fetus in the video. Wow. <laughs> like, that's what I say. Like, she's very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what she's like. She's like, you think you're young? Well, I'm a fetus. I'm an aborted fetus. <laughs> but uh, that's also why I like, I just love her humor too, mm. because I feel like if I were to make those jokes around certain people, like it, it's not going to land. It's not going <laughs> to, it's, and that's how it's been like growing up where right. I couldn't make those types of jokes because it would like really put people off. Mm. And so reading that she was like that or, or just like her humor, I feel connected to her in a lot of ways. Do you have a distinct memory maybe growing up or even now as like an adult of you saying a joke that clearly just did not hit anyone in the room. Oh, I've had like a lot of foot in mouth moments. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, oh, not off the top of my head, but yeah, I it, have I have been in a room with people just like what? <laughs> yeah, like what I, is I, wrong with you? I ask because I'm also very familiar with that feeling. But I, I like I, I don't know if I repress those moments or something like that because it hasn't stopped me from trying. But there's definitely 
people that you're like, okay, I'm not ever joking around with them again. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, here, I can, t- I, I have a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember it, but nah, it was, right. it was a very tasteless Natalie Wood joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, yeah, because I, 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 and I, I, there's two things that resound, that like really resonate with me when I'm meeting people or interacting with them or whatever. The first is if I say a joke that I think is good and they are like one of the, in the minority of people that laugh in a room, like let's say I make a bad joke, but I kind of like it. If there's like four people in the room and only one of them laughs, I'll be like, okay, that person is my person. Right. (laughs) And the other one is if ever there's some like annoying crap going around in a room where you just kind of want to roll your eyes at it, yeah. I'll look around to see if anyone has that same type of reaction. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like, okay, yeah, I, they, they're on the same wavelength as I. So those two things are kind of what I've used as a gauge to to navigate social situations. And maybe it hasn't worked out for the best because I'm not a very social person, but that's kind of what I use. Well, when I got older, I learned to just listen first, <laughs> just kind of observe too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually just... Yesterday, I was talking to a couple of coworkers, and so um, one of them just had a baby, and he mentioned mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, like we just can't we 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 can't put her down, uh, <laughs> meaning like we can't like lay her down." And another one of my coworkers is just like, "Wait, put down as in like you know putting them down?" And I was like, <laughs> "I think it's a little too late for that." <laughs> and he got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, my people." <laughs> Yeah, those, but yeah, normally other people probably would not have enjoyed that <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, I get you. So I, I think it's cool when, uh, well, that you mentioned that she also has a lot of experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that you said she speaks a lot in her book, which I've always considered an interesting subject, is that concept of the inner child. So yes. how, how does she link the inner child to her mental health or how exactly does she do well, that? Um, so the first story that she gives in the book is the, like, the first time she felt shame and Mm. because that was her thing is she was always so like outgoing and just like really confident and then it's a poop incident (laughs) where (laughs) that's the first time she remembers feeling shame Mm. um and like since then is when you know it's i don't know have do you do you watch big mouth no, the Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a character in there called the Shame Wizard, and it's like he just makes all these like pre-pubescent or these pubescent kids like feel <laughs> shame about everything. And then ah. um, there's like one character who just like give like spills everything, and he's like, "Oh, it feels so good to like just get everything off my chest." And she ah. does that in this. Like she tells wow. a story about after she felt bad about the poop, she tells her parents. Um, and she's like, oh my God, I felt better. And then I just started thinking, what are all the other terrible things that I've done? Because <laughs> that was the thing. It's like she would get, um, it must have been like anxiety or panic attacks or something that she um, felt bad about the poop secret. Mm. But once she got it out, she felt better. And then there was another thought that came in that made her feel even worse. And she would just like fixate and mm. be like, 
okay, now I need to like tell somebody about this. And so anytime she like got the secrets out, she yeah. felt better, but then she would remember something else like, <laughs> oh, the time that I was like seven years old, I did this. So <laughs> she, she talks about it from like a very young age. And so now that she's older, because like a lot of, she, and she admits like her problem is she wants everybody to like her. Mm. And one of the chapters, she goes on, like she goes on and on about how she is on her mission to make everybody like her, including the one person on Twitter who said, you're not that funny. Like <laughs> you suck basically. And so she just like fixates on that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so growing up, all she wanted was for people to like her and that wasn't happening. So, you know, it just like made her even feel even worse. Mm. And then like the relationships that she had too with uh, like in high school and in college were not healthy ones. And like, mm. she was, think like why would they be yeah. um and so as she gets you know now that she's older she is like and actually in the book um she has like a conversation with her younger self and mm. she does this in crazy ex-girlfriend too where yeah like old rebecca and young rebecca meet up they're like oh my gosh like what do you do now like how cool are you yeah <laughs> um so you know there's a lot of that throughout the book where she is like reconnecting to her younger self and just kind of like, um, you know, d d like, cause you know, she wishes like, yeah. you and, like, I think all of us too, yeah. like where you could go back to your younger self and just tell them like, it's going to be fine. Like, don't worry about <laughs> this. Like, it's okay. Keep watching wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you should go for that musical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, just wanting to make, your younger self uh, feel, you know, just the way you wanted other people to make you feel. Yeah, totally. Because I was going to bring that up exactly. That I think it's something that a lot of us have. Um, but what's happened to me at least a couple of times, and it's always when I'm at a at a low point or something mm -hmm. like that. It'll be the other way around where I, I, this might sound weird, but I've even had a dream where like my younger self was talking to me. Oh. being like what what are you doing exactly in your life <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i wake up and i'm like oh snap i'm letting that kid down <laughs> you know what i'm saying or kind of like oh i this like that kid wouldn't have ever expected this to happen right. or something like that so i think it's it's i tend to at least for me go more the other way around where i feel like i don't want to let the inner kid down or i don't want to let the inner kid die as yeah. and more so than um i wish i could tell that kid that that it's okay yeah you can play the dreamcast and it's okay <laughs> to prefer the gamecube over the egg or whatever you know what <laughs> um but at least that's that's it for me so i don't know if you've ever experienced something like that or um yeah yeah and actually i still like i don't know i think i think i think about that every day almost mm. where because i do think on what like younger me would say to me now like oh you have a baby like we don't <laughs> like babies <laughs> and it's like no no no, it's actually pretty cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but it, it's just kind of remembering like how happy i felt in certain moments mm. and not about like trying to recapture like that experience right, or, like or feel dwell in the past or whatever. Yeah, you know? no, like, but just like knowing like, yes, like these are your happy memories and like 
even though a lot of stuff sucks now that you're older, yeah. um, there's still like room for for making like good uh, memories and experiences today. Yeah, or it's and, like yeah. you still have the capacity to feel that. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that to me is a big thing where, you know, you can get bogged down with worries or, or even with like shame, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like how that said, <laughs> but it's like, no, you can, you can feel how you felt when you were, I don't know, like 12 years old or 11 years old. You can yeah. feel that happy again. So. You know, I feel like, um, <laughs> I think it's maybe been the last few months where I've been only wanting to listen to music, watch music or like youtube videos all from a certain time period um so this would be like 2007 to 2009 uh because that's when i was you know living um in a new city by myself um i was going out making new friends um that's when like <laughs> shoes on youtube was a big video um so i like always want to go back and revisit those some nights where yeah and, you know, when I when I have a day off, just like I feel like watching and, and I do it all the time. Like I find a playlist of like hits from 2007 and it'll just play like snippets of it. But I'll sit there for like 20 minutes like, oh, yeah, that song. Oh, yeah, that song. <laughs> and like it really does like rem and that's how I've been able to measure time now because I yeah. I forget my age. And so <laughs> now I'm like, oh, what? song was this and I can like especially a lot of pop songs because that's when you know I what I would hear when I would go out uh to bars or clubs yeah. um or if you're at like baseball games or just different events there's always going to be like certain pop music yeah. um and it kind of like takes me back to re just remember stuff in general because I always feel like I'm going to forget stuff <laughs> and like forget like important things too. And I don't want to do that. But it's so funny what sticks with me. Like um, you, do you listen to The Sounds? The Sounds? Yeah. They're, the band? Yeah, they're a band. Um, but they have a song called Tony the Beat. And uh. every time I hear it, um, I remember the very first time I heard it, which was in a Charlotte Russe at like this one <laughs> creepy mall in Phoenix. And I just think like, and I remember we didn't have Soundhound then. Um, <laughs> I didn't have internet on my phone, I don't think yet. Uh. And so I was trying to remember the lyrics. <laughs> you like wrote it down. Like, yeah. yeah, I was trying. I was like, okay, I can't forget these. And that way when I got home, I could go onto my computer and look it up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I can't remember the melody, but I just remember these lyrics. And then I found it. And I just remember that whole week too, like where it was days that I was trying to find this song. <laughs> and, um, and then I found them. And then like a couple months later, I think they were touring. So I got to see oh, them and nice. uh, see them live. Nice. So I love when that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. The one thing that I remember a lot are those like top 10 music videos of the week or whatever. Oh, songs like TRL? That, yeah, <laughs> that would get like those shows that would come on. And um, so a lot of memories are tied around those types of shows. Like that music where I'm like, I'll listen to, for example, because um, I would also watch them on like the Mexican TV stations. Yeah. So there was like this song... Um, by I think they're called Moenia or something, but the music video was this like um, it was like bigger people that were trying to get in shape, and the theme of the song is like you don't need to change your body for any reason, just be happy with who you are or whatever. Is it a Spanish song? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I remember that video, and like so, whenever I hear that song, I like see the video, and then I'll like feel myself eating breakfast, and it's yeah. like 
eggs and beans. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'll get that flavor in my mouth or that that feeling in my hands or whatever. And it's very weird. And like immediately I'm like, what year was that? And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting old because that was in 2002 or something like that. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Music has a weird way of of getting in there and really helping you keep track of time. Yeah. And I think, too, with like, um, well, a lot of TV for me anyway, I feel like I was always... And, and that's the other thing in common I have with Rachel Bloom, just like being a child of TV. Um, <laughs> but I remember like one specific memory where I was at home with my grandma and she was watching, it was a Spanish show called, I think it was called Bienvenidos. Okay. And it was like a Spanish sketch show <laughs> that would come on at nighttime during the weekdays. And she would let me watch it. Um, and I just remember like, yeah, like I'm kind of like transported back into her living room because I know her the sofas that she had and just the lighting, yeah. how everything smelled. And anytime, anytime I want to recall like a memory, I can always like put myself back into the the feeling of it, including like the smell of stuff. <laughs> um, and so, and that's how I use, I use like shows and yeah. music to kind of like transport me back there. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if maybe I'm just getting old and I'm not in touch with kids, but now that TV isn't such a big part of people's lives. I wonder if yeah. kids now are developing those types of connections or references to stuff, or maybe it's just like, I don't know, maybe they're developing connections to TikTok songs or something <laughs> like that, um, which are dominating all the radio charts. I know. Right? Well, there's yeah. a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah, there really is. There really is. Yeah, I don't know how, because I mean, they're not, they're not watching network TV. Everything's no. streaming. And mm -hmm. I mean, my, like my son, anyway, he will watch certain events on like Disney Channel. Okay. He's like, oh, on Friday, they're going to do this. <laughs> so there's like certain things that he looks forward to on like regular TV. Okay. And that kind of is like our experience. Yeah, big time. Where you <laughs> um, could at least, yeah. there was a, a little, a, something communal about it where it's like, you know that all of your friends were doing this at that time. Like yeah. we were all watching you know, the Simpsons at 1030 after the news or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you knew that everyone was there or at least your subset of friends were there doing it or you could talk about that. And nowadays, since anyone could just watch whatever they want, whenever they want, I, I don't know if that sense of communal consumption is lost, if, that, if you can even be called that. I, I wonder because like whenever my son tells me stories of just like kids at his school, mm. it's really rare when they all have like the same um, uh. interests. Like he'll say like he, he watches a ton of Pokemon right now. Yeah. I think he knows maybe one kid that watches Pokemon. Wow. Um, and then he knows maybe like two people that play Roblox. Okay. So like everyone's interests are just kind of like scattered around yeah and so like really what I, I which maybe i don't know if it's a good thing or not they can like come together yeah. by playing like tag outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're um, like well we can't like talk about our shows so yeah. let's just play freeze tag <laughs> that's true it's a lot less talking a lot more just going back to <laughs> basics of running around yeah <laughs> or maybe this is where they got to let the fine arts department kick in and put together a school musical so yeah. that the kids can come together <laughs> to break into song and dance. Uh, it's all the detention kids, too, that are required to be like make set pieces. <laughs> so the book is called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. Does she get into what she defines as a normal person? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's okay. chapters upon chapters on it where she's just like, well, I think the first chapter is, no, I think the first chapter is called um, Normal People Don't Get Bullied. 
Ah. And she talks about her bullies and how, um, you know, like she, I think she was going into high school and thinking like, okay, now's the time to reinvent myself. <laughs> and like this year's going to be a good one. And then um, they, they had a, they played a prank on her where like one of the popular boys wanted to ask her out, but oh. it turned out that like everyone paid him to do it. So it was, yeah, it was really humiliating for her. But um, she, the way that the book is written, the format is just like, it's all over the place. <laughs> but that's what makes it so fun too. Yeah. Like, because she's a screenwriter, like mm. one chapter is written as a script. Um, <laughs> you know, she's really into amusement parks. So she has like a whole chapter about like what her perfect amusement park would be <laughs> with like maps and diagrams. Um, <laughs> and then like she has advice on how to deal with your bullies, but like it's not good advice. Oh. Um, <laughs> but just like, this whole book really is like a connection to that silly, you know, not taking life so seriously approach. Mm. Um, and that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Do you ever see adults and look at them and think they were never kids? Yeah. that was They weren't a kid. <laughs> yeah. There's some people that I can't visualize how they were as children. Yeah. And so I think it's probably because they take everything so serious. That's just my theory anyway. Uh, um, you, I think you can give off like a youthful um, aura. Yeah. And I think there's some people where I'm like, did they just come, like, were they a Will Ferrell <laughs> skit where they were just like born huge? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was born Greg and he's remained Greg ever since or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's a really good point because there's I hadn't considered it, but there's definitely people that I'm like, I can't for the life of me imagine this person like laughing at a fart, or, right? You know, <laughs> or like running around with chocolate on the corners of their lips or of their mouth or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> kid stuff. I can't imagine that. I think I shared a, a TikTok with you guys about sad beige children <laughs> yes yes the visco children or whatever it is the, in, the instagram moms that the are instagram kids yeah, yeah it's like bad. everything beige all the time um and because like i have come across like really sad kids <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. so maybe maybe like those sad grown-ups were just sad children yeah. <laughs> dressed in beige yeah maybe. but uh, <laughs> But that, the, like, with Rachel Bloom, like, she's she's a mom now. Mm -hmm. um, and so when she wrote the book, she was actually pregnant. Oh, wow. And then she did an afterward where this was, like, during the pandemic after she, like, turned in her first draft, I think. Okay. So at that point, um, her friend had passed away uh, from COVID. And oh, wow. so I remember when she had when he when he died and like how upset she was and then right around that time is when she was like talking about her book coming out. So mm -hmm. in the book she actually addresses it where it's like yeah the there's a part of my life now that I'm writing where it's like post like or, or like pre-covid and yeah. like in that time like my best like one of my best friends was still alive yeah. and now it, like the world is not like that and I also have a baby cuz like her baby was born i think the same day that he died wow so she was just like in a weird like it was just like a crazy experience for her wow. and she writes about that too so it's it's 
Oh, it's such a good book because, like, <laughs> you know, like you get to kind of be playful with her throughout the whole, um, like through her storytelling, and then you kind of feel like those same emotions, like if you've ever been rejected, um, if you've been like strung along, um, like she like has a really good way of uh, like bringing that to life. Um, and then my least favorite chapter was when she went into a fan fiction about Harry Potter because I don't, I'm not like a big Harry Potter fan, but I appreciated it for what it was. <laughs> that's why, like, the book is all over the place, yeah. and I think that's another way that she, like, it, I don't know if she addresses. I don't think she did, but I think that was like a good practice of like nourishing her inner child, um, the way she wrote this book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like again like a really good read, and I think. I don't want to keep patting ourselves on the back, but I, again, it's something that I really like about people, people our age, or I guess the the creators that are out there that are from our generation doing it, where they can thread that line between, you know, silly and also being raw, emotional or real or talk about things yes. that like, you don't have to conceal how you feel. You don't have to conceal that you feel sad or, or upset or anything like that. And you can also be silly, like, a bit yeah. later. It's perfectly fine. It's normal <laughs> because that's how life is, right? And I think Rachel Bloom is like the perfect um like creator for that type of like I don't know. It, it's it's where it's really raw and serious, but you still have to laugh at it because like <laughs> what can you do at yeah. some points? Um so yeah, I that's I love her work. Um and I connect with her a lot. Uh, and it's funny cuz just like the cover of the book um I think the font is, I don't know if it's either the Babysitter's Club font or Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Um, but that <laughs> yeah, those, those are books that I like read and I know she like drew from that. <laughs> and then obviously the title, I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. I yeah. think The Little Mermaid was all of our movie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> growing up. <laughs> exactly. Like When I read it, I immediately like got the melody in my <laughs> In my name, like, I want to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, the best part, uh, too, and I didn't notice it, like, but on the cover, um, she's wearing a T-shirt, and it's the Spice Girls, as, but it's Betty Boop. It's <laughs> Betty Boop dressed up as all the Spice Girls, and I, like, distinctly remember that T-shirt <laughs> when I was younger. I never had it, though, because I was like, that is, that's a two, step too far. <laughs> like, Betty that's Boop. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like you know around that time where everybody had like those big baggy like Looney Tunes t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I had a uh, I had a Tasmanian Devil t-shirt that <laughs> I got. I think I got it like in downtown, but I was never brave enough to wear it to school. <laughs> I was like that. Ah, I can't I can't pull this off. <laughs> I used to wear a tie-dye Luke Perry t-shirt. Uh, it was a 90210 t-shirt. <laughs> tie-dye has never really gone away, right? Or am I don't I just, think so. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> maybe I'm just out of touch, but as far as I know, tie-dye has never really gone away. It's no, and now they away. have cooler colors. I still yeah. wear tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Liz. So that was um, uh, I want to be where the normal people are by Rachel Bloom. Is there anything else that you want to let our listeners know about the book or about Rachel Bloom in general or anything before we close out? Um, I think Rachel Bloom is a genius. <laughs> and if anyone disagrees, well, like that's too bad. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> but no, I think if like, especially if you're a millennial, um, I think you'll really enjoy the book because there's a lot of nostalgia in it mm. too. 
Um, but just it's such a fun book to read, even though she's like really putting herself out there and being really vulnerable. Nice. Um, you kind of like, I don't know, it kind of allows you to feel that way too. And yeah, um, yeah I think we should all kind of like step into that a little bit, but then also laugh at a poop joke or an abortion <laughs> joke. <laughs> Great. So uh, thanks Liz for, for uh, talking with me about the book and about everything yeah, else. Time. <laughs> so this was super fun. And um, yeah, to you guys, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review, share it with a friend and we'll talk to you guys. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.